0: all and welcome back to the 40th episode of Blush You, the podcast where we t- you tell us your juiciest stories. I don't tell you shit, and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie, and I am here with my co-host Elise.
1: Hi! Happy 40th episode! What a that's so cool!
0: Happy 40th! We've been on our a game. I swear, we have set. Plenty of goals for ourselves that we don't even come close to reaching. And the fact that we have kept at it with like consistent recordings, is pretty great. I love too, how we were like, what's a season? Eh, we'll just like record when we feel like it
1: and whatever. I know. I love it. It's fun. Cause we get to hang out too. So it's like, I get to like have my like friend time and also talk about people's problems, which is like a double whammy.
0: Yeah. yeah, It's a double win for us. Uh, I know. I just also really appreciate how unorganized we've been at this because if anything is hyper-structured, I'm like, yeah, I'm out.
1: Which can we just say that like, are we so proud of me for just being like willy nilly, like throw shit at the wall and see what's like, I remember when we were preparing for that talk we did for the Oxford guild. And I like literally sent you a script and you were like, no. And
0: now get this shit out of my inbox, out of my brain and like off this planet.
1: What is this? I know. And now I'm just, I'm so proud of myself. Now I'm just like, sure. Yeah. Let's go with the flow. It's way more fun to wing things.
0: And and when I say wing things, I mean, we joke about not being prepared, but it's like, this is our This is our life. This is our career. We're kind of always in prep mode. So, I just find the less pressure I put on myself, the more fun I have. Um,
1: And it's like off the cuff, right? Like when I feel like you know, when I'm so structured and I have so many things planned, then it it feels not genuine sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah, because you don't allow for any flexibility. So when you have a thought that comes in your head, that's like a real you know, breakthrough moment for yourself or for someone else. It's like, you don't even get to say it because you have to stick to the script. And then what if the script isn't even relevant anymore?
1: I know you've taught me so much.
0: Oh yeah. I'm glad that I could assist with you being a hot mess express. You're very welcome.
1: I love it. I want to hear your sparkle. No you, cal- cali. No, you, no,
0: you don't. I want to hear yours. Mine is bitter as fuck. So let's at least have some happy news first.
1: Okay. Well, hopefully it's fucking happy. Um on Monday. So if anybody, whoever is tuning in right now and you've been following along on both of our fabulous infertility journeys, we had, Carl and I had our fourth embryo transfer this past Monday. So today I am four days past a five-day transfer. You, you could be testing if you wanted to. I know, but like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm like, not. I like literally yes. could throw up thinking about testing. Technically like five days is like when people usually start
0: testing, but. Even- oh girl, women on Reddit are like, I start on day three. What? Oh yeah. Does they have no shame. Positive? Yeah. I mean, they're like normally, fa- here's the thing too. Like when you get real deep into the pregnancy game, you realize that tests that I would have immediately rule as negative. Cause it's like, there's not two lines can be positive because there it's like a faint, faint, super faint line. And as long as something's there, it's positive. And I was like, I hate that I know this. Like most women don't even know that because they don't have to know that because yeah. they just miss their peer and they're like, oh, I'm pregnant. Well, yeah. But yeah, for us lucky ones, uh, there's like a whole, I mean, I just remember when I used to get excited about testing, and I'm like, oh, I have to throw money down the trash can to justify my drinking habit. Because <laughs> 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 I have to test to make sure I'm not so I can have a
1: glass of wine tonight. <sighs> Here goes five dollars. In the trash can. Woo. Well, I've had, I've had pregnancy tests in my Amazon cart, literally this whole week. And I will not allow myself to go to Walgreens or because if I have the test at home, I'm going to fucking pee on it. You know what I'm saying? So like I have it in my Amazon cart and I was going to order it this morning, but then it was like, well, it'll be there in four hours. I'm like, Amazon, no, <laughs> I don't want it yet.
0: You are so lucky. I don't live there. Cause I'd be like, get a pregnancy test, put it in my purse and act all innocent, drive over to Lisa's. What you doing? Do you want a coffee? And then be like, oh, drink the coffee. Oh, now you have to pee. Oh,
1: look, a pregnancy test. Well, you know, you're going to, you'll probably know before Carl does if it's I better. Yeah. He's going to be, I'm going to wake up probably the crack of dawn and pee on a stick either not tomorrow, probably Saturday or Sunday. And okay, I won't be hung
0: over. I will try to be up bright and early.
1: Okay. Well, it'll night. probably, I'll probably wake up at seven, which would be five o'clock your time. So I'll just patiently wait for you to wake up. Yeah. Well. Um, but hopefully it's positive. I have like random symptoms, but you never know if it's like
0: progesterone, of the yeah.
1: medication you're mm-hmm. stabbing into your body or if it's actually pregnancy. So I'm just trying to stay calm, but I feel really proud of myself with this go round. I've been like not on Facebook, not on Reddit, not on Google. I'm just like-
0: Okay, but you're never on Reddit and I'm trying to get you to go to the dark side. I don't give you credit for that because I want you to get on Reddit and be on my team.
1: I actually have- You've been lurking? I've been lurking in Reddit and- It's been nice. The times that I have looked it up have been validating for me, but I'm just.
0: It's so amazing. It's my home because everyone is so salty, like so salty, so bitter. Like some woman will post and be like, I got my IUD out like two months ago and like, I'm two days late, but the test is negative. Could I be pregnant? And everyone's like, no, you stupid bitch. (laughs) It's so funny. It's like, you know, cause when you've been trying for, I mean, God what? I don't even know. I guess we're like technically at like two years, even though like we got really serious. I mean, technically we're at like seven years. <laughs> so like yeah. I've been on birth control a long time, but it's like, you know, when you get to that point and then you just see other people that like are so like, haven't read any articles, haven't done any research from themselves, don't know what they're doing. And then expect me, someone who is an expert in this to walk them through it. Mm -hmm. and they're not even they don't know my middle name I don't know you well enough I it's just a collective eye roll of like figure it out yourself dude like at least help yourself out and get a little bit of knowledge before you come and ask us to like hold your hand through this
1: yeah I I like usually love to like teach people and educate but I think when you're in the thick of it I'm just like I have to go through this and then I have to fucking be a professor of infertility. Like no thanks.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm down to help people who again, help themselves. Yeah. If there's a difference between clarifying something and then being like, I'm too lazy to type yes. something into Google. So Cali, Google, can you help me? I'm like, I'm not a fucking algorithm. I can't help you.
1: Read you I love, it yourself. I love Cali's mood today. I love it. <laughs>
0: So healthy. Uh-huh. Um, So I did not have my transfer this month, which was great. It was great. I was supposed to, and then I turns out I have to get my fourth surgery. That's right, number four. The first one I was awake for, the second two I was not because those were egg retrievals, but they count as surgery. Yes. It is fucking surgery. You yeah, go under. True. It is a whole thing. You are out for a few days. This is surgery. And it turns out I have to have my fourth, not an egg retrieval, but something else. Cause my uterus is being a little dick. So I have to get shit removed and no, it's not a health scare. No, it's not terrifying. Yes. It's routine, but it's still just like, are you serious?
1: It's so annoying.
0: It's so annoying. And especially, you know what too, it's because I was on, um, you have to be on estrogen for like two weeks and not birth control, like estrogen, which who the f- fuck knows what that does to your body and your moods. And then they were like, okay, so you have to get surgery. So stop taking your estrogen and get on birth control. And I was like, "Oh, I was like, do I kill you right now? Or do I wait until my hormone (laughs) <laughs> my hormone shifts, uh, turned me into Satan, you know, you pick. So it, you know, just who the hell knows where my mood's been for the past two days. And it's completely outside of my control, aside from the fact that I'm delaying something that I really didn't want to delay. Yeah. And then because I have to get this surgery, um, it means that like, I have to act quickly because these things keep coming back So after I get the surgery, I think it's like a race. Like I have to do my transfer, which means I can't pick the month. And by the way, for people listening, like when you're dealing with infertility, I mean, I'm not trying to say that anyone has control because it's like, if you're trying naturally, then it's just like, it happens when it happens and you don't have any control over it, but at least you're not, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in debt and
1: yeah, (laughs) not like,
0: Shooting medication up your booty, and like, you know, you're not going to the doctor every other day. So I don't feel bad for you. But when you're going through infertility, there's so much more outside of your control. And the one thing you can control is when you transfer. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it works out, you can like choose the birthday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm so fucking pissed. If they make me transfer in March for anyone born in December, like, I'm sure you're amazing, but don't you kind of feel like gypped? like just a little bit, right? You kind of feel gypped
1: for sure. I mean, it's like Chris, that's I feel like anything in between Thanksgiving and Christmas is just like, not about you.
0: Yeah. And like, we deserve things to be about us sometimes, Yeah, not all the time,
1: but sometimes and birthdays are like
0: such a wonderful excuse to have that because everyone gets one. Everyone was born. So everyone has a birthday. So it's like this amazing, great equalizer That, like, everyone has one day that when they're special. And then when you're
1: fucking born in December, they're like, no, that doesn't count. Wait, if it's March, wouldn't it be November? It would be December. Wait, my transfer was February, my last one. And our due date was the end of October. So if you did early March, it would be November.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Bitch.
1: Carl's Carl says all of his favorite people, except for me, were born in November, which November's are Scorpios. Scorpios are like feisty. Yeah,
0: I don't believe in planet magic, so oh, yeah. I don't, you know, but whatever. I don't care. Point is, is I wanted it to happen when it was supposed to happen and then it didn't happen. So I'm, I was in a mood, um, which means here's my actual sparkle, which is not have anything to do with fucking fertility, but basically I am so burned out of being in charge of things. I, because I'm married to someone that doesn't know how to have a hobby. So it's like, when he has a hobby, he has to be president of the hobby and like pee all over it and be like, this is mine. This is my whole personality. And now, so it's like, he got into like DIY and like property, you know, owning property. It's like, Oh, we're HOA president and treasurer. And then like we got into pickleball and it's like two months later, I am somehow the president of pickleball in West Hollywood. And I'm like, Oh my God, how did I get here? And then obviously with blush. And so, I just like, whenever you like assume leadership positions, which frankly, I've never really sought out and I've never really considered myself to be a leader, but like, it keeps happening. So clearly I'm, I'm doing something. Um, and then I married like a natural born leader. So that's, that was also my fault. Um, (laughs) but like, it opens you up to so much criticism. It's like, no one ever reaches out to you. Like people will say like offhand, you know, side comments. Like, thank you so much. Or this is so great or whatever. And of course like, you hear it and you clock it and you're like, oh, that feels good. Like sometimes people will really take the time to be like, Hey, like these specific things make you awesome. And this work is amazing. And I appreciate it, but it doesn't happen that often. What does happen often is criticism and complaints. And so my dad taught me something a long time ago, which was like, if you're going to complain, have a solution or have like an alternative. And I'm going to take it a step further. (laughs) Please assume that whoever you are complaining to has thought about what you're complaining about. It's like, we're not fucking stupid, right? Like we understand that things aren't perfect. We get that. We can't please everyone. So instead ask, like, I like people who phrase things as clarifications, like curiosity and not people who accuse. I literally, literally got accused this week because I'm charging people to play pickleball $4 for two hours, $4 in West Hollywood. Name one thing you can buy for $4. You
1: You can't even buy a fucking Starbucks for $4.
0: No, and I'm asking $4 for two hours because it costs us $64 to rent all of the courts for two hours. And so, you know- sometimes more people come than we need. Um, cause you need like six people, 16 people to show up for us to break even. And sometimes like, you know, 20 people come, but I don't care. $4 is remember is easy to remember. I'm not doing math for you every time you come. So this guy was like, you're profiting off of people. This doesn't sit right. I'm going to, and he goes, I'm going to need you to adjust the payment based on the amount of people who show up. And of course I was like, I'm going to need you to fuck right off. <laughs> I was like, I will. I was like, yeah, that's right. Your $4 is contributing to my let's go to Mexico fund. And I'm just going to be embezzling this whole time because if I could make $4 a week extra, I'm almost there. I was like, oh my God. And by the way, our goal is to like, cause we created our own Venmo account. And so the money is going to stay in the Venmo account. We like reimburse the people who were reserved the courts, and then we like have the extra money, and then we're going to send out a community poll of like, what do you want to do with the money? Do you want like a pizza and beer night? Do you want a free play night? Do you want us to buy paddles so that when you bring your friends, we have extras? It's like we're being, this was you're, not the week for this not, person to say. You're not that.
1: trying to go like buy a fucking lamp with the extra like pickleball money, like I, like
0: the nerve and the audacity. Of this person. And then I sat there and I was like, this is my life. Like, this is what people in our building do to us all the time. Like just accuse us of the craziest shit. Like you should see stuff in my inbox. You would think that I am like Hitler reincarnated. Like you would think I am the most awful person sometimes with the language that's in my inbox. It's crazy. I
1: don't don't know how that doesn't like get to you all the time. It doesn't.
0: I'm not going on a 20-minute rant right now about it. I'm cool as a cucumber. Nothing ever gets to me. I am bothered 24-7. Like I am always bothered. And it's probably because I'm on hormones.
1: (laughs) But I feel like your response is like like rational. Like you're like, okay, fuck that. Fuck like you don't ever take it personally do you like I feel like you just
0: I don't take it personally anymore I instead what it does is it makes me so sad that people act this way like I get so angry and so sad that people act this way I normally have to get one or two other opinions because I do tend to gaslight myself sometimes and I'm like you're just being sensitive that was like an innocent and like maybe you did overlook something and like you should be better at this and then I'm like hold the fuck up. That's something that 25 year old Callie would say. Like, so I'll look at Andrew and Andrew's like red in the face, smoke coming out of his ears. I was like, okay, never mind. you we're on the same page. And then I'll normally ask, like, I don't know, like I'll screenshot somebody to you or Emily, or like, you know, sometimes my mom or like my dad and like occasionally like, you know, my neighbors and be like, Hey, like, am I in the right to want to like rip this person's face off? What did I say to you the other day? I was like, I'm in a mood where I want to sock everybody in the face. (laughs) Is that that justified? Like, is it okay? And most of the time people will write back and be like, that person is a twat. (laughs) like, "Uh, Okay. Okay. Good. And then I'll handle it. Right. Yeah. Uh, And I normally try and handle it in a way to where I don't use ad hominems and I'm like still keeping the mood respectful, but while also getting a little snarky Mm -hmm. snark is fun. Anyway, I think I'm just burned out of people just like, Always jumping to the worst possible conclusion. And it doesn't even matter if I'm in a good headspace or not. It's like, even if I'm in a really, really happy headspace, like that's still not cool. I hate the whole like, you never know what someone's going through. And I was like, even if they're going through nothing and their life is perfect, you still don't need to be a dick. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing ever gets to me.
1: <laughs> I would be in the corner literally crying, like, <laughs> being like nobody likes me and everybody that's remember when I was like Callie let me do customer service for blush and you were like fuck no you're literally (laughs) will crumble in two seconds
0: oh yeah people can be really mean there most the funny thing is most of the clients are actually really nice it's uh well sometimes but it's it's whatever. We get the whole thing. I'm just, I'm so desensitized now, but yeah, I don't take it personally. I just get angry. Like this happened on Tuesday and I'm still angry.
1: Well, it's Friday. It's been a rough week. (laughs) Not my
0: finest.
1: I'm excited.
0: Not my finest.
1: I'm excited for your advice today.
0: Oh, are we? Okay. Let's jump into it. I've been on a rant for too long about this ass hat. So let's move on. Okay. We're doing rapid fire again, by the way, (laughs) we, we didn't get to all of them last time. So we're going to do it again. And remember, okay. One, if you were born in December, could you just drop me a line and let me know that you're okay and you're thriving and you (laughs) like your life. And number two, Uh, If you like rapid fire, I would like to know. I got one person was like, Ooh, I like this. And I was like, okay. Cause we get these from like a a fair amount, uh, which is fine. Even though I want more details, but it's fine. And so if we get enough of these, we can keep doing these episodes. So if you like them and want to hear more, let us know. But also if you have shorter questions, I guess we're open to hearing them now. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do it. Okay. My boyfriend is moving to London in the spring and wants me to go with him. For context, I just graduated from an MBA program and still aren't sure what I want to do. A lot of my options seem too boring or too time consuming. My boyfriend has a great job in tech and this transfer is promising for his career. I love him and I want to be with him, but I have strong values surrounding feminism and never giving up your life for a man. Since I haven't figured my life out, I'm too scared to go with him and fall into the trap of becoming his sidekick. I also want a life. What should I do? Mm. It's pretty easy to me, but do you have- I'm curious what you're going to say. Like, you don't have a life, so go. (laughs) (laughs) And I I say that with love, but like, who told you that you can't build a life alongside someone else? I mean- being That's in a one, relationship doesn't mean that you're codependent.
1: Right. I, I'm like, I feel like maybe her definition of feminism needs a little broadening because I think that, you know, first of all, like London sounds super fucking cool. I don't know if anybody else is watching Emily in Paris, but like, that makes me want to like pack my shit up and like move overseas. Um, So I think that that would be, I mean, and it, it depends on you know, how long they're going to be there. If this, you know, transfer is going to be 10 years or if it's going to be two years. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if she doesn't, if she's kind of at a turning point in her own career, like why doesn't she see opportunities that she can find in London? Like that sounds so fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get it. She has an, she's dealing with conflicting identities because I think in her mind, she's probably a high achiever. I mean, she just got her MBA. So it seems like she's someone that's like, I am going to carve my own way and I am going to create my life the way I want it. And then I'm going to find someone else who did the same thing. And then we're going to merge. Mm. And it's, it's out of order for her. She hasn't carved her way and gotten her stability for her own individual goals yet, which I can respect. And it seems like her boyfriend has and wants her to come along. But it's like, you know, that doesn't mean that your story ends. It's not like you're like, okay, cool. I guess I couldn't figure it out in the United States. So I'm just going to like go be a housewife in London. It's like, you can go be a housewife in London if you want. I don't really know how the, the only thing that I am thinking about is like, okay, but like the visa situation, like, I don't know how easy it is to get work in London as an American and like how that works. I don't know if they're going to get married, which I don't want to even throw that into the equation because she needs to figure this out. But I mean, I would still say go, like go because it's easier to get a job boots on the ground. Like you're not going to get hired in London while you're in the United States from a resume, like good luck with yeah. that. But the possibility of you getting hired when you're actually in London, I mean a lot stronger. Right. So I think that you're just looking at a very narrow scenario, if you will, of like what could happen. It's like, you're right. I guess you could go to London and totally flop on your face. That Yeah you you know, but then you, you could flop here home. too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you can come home. Like you're not, you're not married. Like, it's like, that's what I, I see this come up all the time with clients. It's like making a decision is really hard for some people because they feel like they're locked into that decision for the rest right. of their lives. And it's like, really, you can change any aspect of your life at literally any time. Like, mm-hmm. Truly like you can change anything whenever you want to. And it's like, let's just entertain the other side of this. Like she's going to break up and stay in the United States. So like, if that's an option that you're genuinely considering, like, are you at a place in your relationship where you would have any regrets about ending the relationship now? Because if you guys have a strong relationship and it was a good foundation and you see a future together and you have aligned values and you know you have a good time together and you really love each other then like I feel like you're doing not only yourself a disservice but also the relationship a disservice by not choosing to continue life together just because of like a identity crisis Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I mean I think my favorite advice columnist would say stay for a month and see how it goes so like let him go and you stay behind I get that because it's like such low risk it's like okay like nothing is telling you you have to go right now like you don't have to go with him you can like go whenever you want. So you can let him go get settled and then stay. I personally though, you're asking me, you're not asking Carolyn hack. So I think that's stupid and you should travel together and have the experience of like (sighs) flying over together, getting settled together, seeing how his life is unfolding, getting him acclimated into work, being there for him, because that's like a nice thing to do. And then like seeing if you like it when you're there and then if you don't, then turning around and going back home. Like yeah, I would do like, it in reverse.
1: Give you same. I, I say like, just go and it, chalk it up to a fun vacation and you're helping him move because you, you know, love him and care about him. And then if you don't like it, come back. But it's yeah. like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's because I was sick for like a lot of the years where I feel like people do fun shit, but like, I would have loved to have the opportunity to like do something crazy and like be adventurous and like do something like move across the world you know like I think that that's so cool and is a once in a lifetime experience and the more responsibilities you get in life, like the less likely you are to do something like this mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I agree. um I think my it doesn't have to be final, but a big thought that I have about this that is applicable to everyone listening is I think that it is incredibly dangerous for all of us to have a fixed view of who we are, mm. meaning we change, everything changes our, you know, our experience change, our bodies change, our opinions change. Um, obviously we can't control shit. I mean, think of the, the, the obvious one on the table here, Elise, I'm going to use you as an example is Elise had a very fixed mindset of becoming a mother at a young age. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? The universe was like, (laughs) LOL. So if she hadn't, you know, and that was tough. And I'm not saying, Elise, you set yourself up for failure by being like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. But it's like, when you do that, life has a funny way of like flip, giving you the bird and saying, I have other plans for you. And then you have to undo that fixed mindset. You know, I think one way to think of it at is like, I am a very, um, accomplished and goal-driven and ambitious person who wants to have my own life and pave my own way. That's fine. But the fixed mindset is I'm not going to give this up for a relationship that makes me happy. And it's like, okay, well then anytime you're at a quote crossroads, you've managed to make it to where you're giving something up. And that's not the narrative here. What are you giving up? Show me. Mm -hmm. I can't see one thing here that you're giving up. You don't even mention that you don't want to move. Yeah, You don't even mention that you love the United States. (laughs) Like (laughs) there's no job, there's nothing. It's like what you have created this battle in your mind where to me, it doesn't exist. It's like, it's not it's not there. It You just go, just go. just yeah. You have nothing holding you back. Just go experience it. The thing that's holding you back is this clenched hand version of who you are. And you've got to let that go. I mean, I used to, you know, my some of my identity growing up used to be being smaller. Like I was a small person, everyone around. I normally had a smaller gene size. It's really stupid, but it's true. And now that's not the case at all. My body has been like, <laughs> That's cute. You're going to have huge hips, a massive ass and big boobs, and you're going to deal with it. And that's just like, not who I was for years. I mean, it's just like, not how I dressed, not how I was. And then all of a sudden this is my life. And it sounds really stupid, but it is like, Oh God, I'm not that person anymore. And I have to like adjust to my new identity. And I am never creating an identity around my body ever again. Because it's stupid. My body's going to change. And honestly, I know I'm going off on this rant, but like, I think it's fine to base your identity off of values, Mm. but not fixed ideas. A value in this is independence. A value in this is ambition. A value in this is, I don't know, curiosity, creativity, love, connection, romance. Mm. Fixed identities are I will do this, and this is how it's going to unfold, and it's going to be in this order.
1: Yep. Yeah. Fixed mindsets are literally, they only make life harder and Mm -hmm. life is hard as it is. And it's like, that's the one, I mean, that's the one thing that I have learned in the past year or year and a half, two years, because it's like, I think that there's such a strong need for control. And I think that too many options and too many complexities like overwhelm people so you like group things and decisions into two things right or wrong black or white yes or no like I oh I mean it's like there's always a spectrum everything is on a spectrum everything needs balance everything needs flexibility in order for you to be fluid in life you know yeah
0: yeah so with that being said, like just be flexible with yourself and with this choice. And like Elisa and I are saying, go. If yeah. your gut instinct is saying, I don't want to go, well, then that's a different conversation. But it's more that the only reason you gave, we were like, that doesn't really hold up. <laughs> we don't buy it. You can work your way around that one. So I would go, have fun, bring a raincoat. I heard it yeah. rains a lot there. and gets yeah. a little chilly. So maybe um, get very intentional with your wardrobe. But otherwise – have fun
1: send us a postcard yeah
0: go for it okay next all right I'm in a dead-end job and can't find my way out of it I always loved school and was thinking graduate school might be a good way to reset and get back into a rhythm plus it will set me up for better jobs later thoughts hell no,
1: don't do that, please. I don't like it. What do you think, Elise? Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. I feel like graduate school is not just like something that you just like fuck off and do. Like it's- I mean, you can, you can
0: fuck off and do it if you want.
1: Yeah, but you also have to have like thousands of dollars and lots Mm -hmm. of time. And, you know, if it's something that really interests you and you've always wanted to do it and it's going to like- be aligned with like your passion. Absolutely. I think totally do that. But if you're just saying like, I don't know what to do in my career. So I'm just going to do extra schooling because that's going to fill some sort of void. Then like, I don't necessarily think that that's like, I don't think going to graduate school is like something that you shouldn't thoughtfully decide.
0: Yeah. And by the way, it's not going to solve knowing what you want to do because funny thing is the last letter said, you know, remember the exact wording was I just graduated from an MBA program and still aren't sure what I want to do. Yeah. Well, so, uh, graduate school is not a, an end all be all to figuring out your next steps. I mean, and if we're talking about money, which it, I'm always going to bring money up, uh, it's cheaper to just quit your job. Yeah. It is literally cheaper to quit your job and not have a job than it is to quit your job and go to grad school for something that you still don't know is going to answer everything. And by the way, we're still paying off Andrew's law degree still. And by the way, I, I logged into his fricking my great Lake cause I was like, Oh, you know, they've suspended payments. And so we've just been paying down principal. I looked at that number and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like it's, it's insane how much mm-hmm. is left. And mm-hmm. we didn't even pause payment when we could have for the past, however, millennium we've been in this pandemic. So it doesn't go away it is still there you have to pay for it uh and it's not going to solve you know your wonderlust of how do i find the perfect job like that well one the perfect job probably doesn't exist but you would be better off taking time for yourself and getting unburned out And then regrouping and finding something that sounds exciting rather than enrolling in a graduate school program that's going to eat up at minimum a year of your life, probably more like two or three. And the opportunity cost is huge. Those two or three years, you could have been networking and maybe even traveling or like finding other opportunities and hopscotching your way into a career that you love. And instead, you're stuck in a classroom learning shit you don't
1: even want to learn. Uh, and graduate school stressful. Like we had like 20 page papers and shit. Like that's, it's not like a, I don't know. It's not Mm -hmm. like a thing that you just do. I think Mm -hmm. because you're bored or because you're confused. And what my advice is for this is going to be something. I always steal this from you, Callie, but this person should get like a placeholder job. Like, I think people think once they're in like adulthood that they have to only be taking jobs that are like so-called like a career, like a corporate job or they get a salary or it's in alignment with their education or their goals for the future. But it's like, what if you just like got a job that's fun for a little bit? Like you always talk about how amazing bartending was. And it's yep. like, you know, what? people, that's another fixed mindset. It's like, if you're limiting yourself and saying like, oh, my next job has to be within this Circle, like, then think of how many opportunities you're not even considering that could give you time to figure out what you want to do for the long haul or for your next job. Two, make money. And three, have fun, challenge yourself because you're learning something new and meet new people. It's like,
0: totally. I agree. We put way too much pressure on the journey and the path and the steps that we take to get there. And it's like, so many people who are successful just kind of like stumbled into it and like found Mm -hmm. themselves there. Like, I refuse to believe there is an equation for success. Cause you look at people like, I don't know, Steve jobs that were just like born brilliant and like started Apple in a garage. And then you talk to other people that are loaded and you're like, you're a fucking idiot. How do you have so much money? (laughs) Like, damn. And you just kind of, I don't know. I talked you know, obviously I talked to a lot of people and I've got decent interview skills. And so I get to the heart of things pretty quickly and I find things to be so random. Like I just, you know, I, I really do. And so many times I'll be talking to someone they're like, and then I just decided, Hey, why not? And I took this opportunity and that led me to them. And then I met that person and I'm like, good God, this is a mess. But it's like, that's how this shit works out. It's just people following their instincts. And so if you're forcing something, it's not, I don't know how well that's going to turn out. Um, I mean, yeah, bartending was such a good experience and it's such a fun like party trick now. I mean, you give me ingredients for a cocktail and in my head, I can figure out what the breakdown is just from those two and a half years. Like, it's crazy. I can pretty much make any cocktail and any bartender can tell you that. It's like so easy once you get into it, but that's a skill that's gonna last me a lifetime. Fuck yeah, everybody loves coming over to our house because I can make you a Negroni. You know, (laughs) we were talking to this guy who's uh, about to run for city council in West Hollywood. Yes, we are political nerds. It's one more area of leadership that I can't wait to get involved in. So more people can be mad at me all the time. Uh, but this candidate we're super impressed with, and we're, you know, we're probably going to end up backing him. I think we already are. Uh, Andrew might be with him right now, honestly. So hello. And he, we're talking, we're listening to his story and he actually spent the better part of last year because I ca- can't remember how he arrived here, but COVID really put his job into question. I think he might've gotten laid off. I can't remember. And he was like, well, i you know, I think I want to, run for city council and get involved in that next year. So I kind of have this year to like build up some skills and figure out, just make some money and like, I don't know, get involved with my community. So he always loved cooking and actually went to culinary school way back in the day for like a year. So he got a job as just like a line chef at a restaurant in West Hollywood and didn't even work his way out necessarily. He just like stayed a line chef for like a year and just like you know, prepped meats and assembled and like, you know, worked in a restaurant and for someone who has, you know, a, a degree from a really prestigious school and is like, you know, I mean, just all around like a pretty successful guy, you talk to him and you're like, damn, like you are very educated, very smart. And, you know, I think a lot of people would look at him and be like, oh, you're a chef or you're a chef. And he's like, no, 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 I'm a line chef. Like, I'm not the chef. I'm not even the sous chef. Like I'm the guy that like preps stuff for the chef. And I mean, he had a blast. a blast. He made us dinner the other night. It was exceptional. I mean, you know, he like, like, I don't know. And I don't know if that experience is really going to like boost his goals in the future in an obvious way, but I guarantee you he gained a ton from it.
1: That sounds so nice. I like dream about like a world where Carl could cook anything beyond fucking Taco meat, sloppy Joes, and hot dogs.
0: Like, are y'all five? <laughs> I haven't heard the term sloppy Joes. I'm not trying to shame you. That's Cali.
1: Sloppy Joes are Carl's favorite food. And like when I'm like burnt out with cooking, I'm like, okay, you're it, like your turn. Figure it the fuck out. It's either ordering pizza, sloppy Joes, hot dogs, or tacos with like literally over seasoned ground beef and like sour cream.
0: Oh, I'm a sucker for hard shell, like old school. Oh, tacos. you know,
1: I love, I love a good hard shell with like mm-hmm. cheese and I do too. Mm, Brock mm. your body. This is not relevant, but Brock your body just came up with a cheesy gordito crunch from Taco Bell. Like she is skin-off. too cute. I'm obsessed with her. Did you know she's Amanda St- Stanton's? You know, do you know her from The Bachelor? bachelorette she was
0: no i have like a 15 year gap like obviously i'm in it now clayton show me something new you're boring me but i mean the bachelor is so much better than the bachelorette too because women are so much more fun to watch
1: yeah you're right you know
0: like not i don't love that it's like women competing for one man like that isn't The most fun, but like women are just so much more interesting. Like I don't like watching bros peacock and be like, "Yo, dude, show her some respect." It's like, okay, (laughs) heard it before. Give me a break. But with women, it's like so sneaky and like we're just so much smarter. It's so much more fun. (laughs) I love it. Anyway, no, I don't know Amanda Stanton. I I need to get back and maybe rewatch some. Nah, I'm not gonna do that. I don't have enough brain cells for that. So I just don't know who she is and won't know. Sorry.
1: That's fine. That's fine. Anyway, Brock Your Body, if you don't follow her, everyone listening, you need to. She's the best.
0: Yeah, she really is. She's a food blogger. Okay, how the freaking hell did we get here? I don't even know. I talked
1: talked about Sloppy Joes.
0: I need a life raft to get back to where we were at. Okay, point is only go to grad school unless it is required for the job that you want to land afterwards. You don't know what job you want to land afterwards. I don't even think you know what niche. Area, anything. Uh, okay. So please don't go to grad school until you have that information. And preferably just don't go at all because school, and this is coming from someone who, who has a master's degree <laughs> and same with Elise, but like, you know, the only reason I got my master's is because I knew I wanted to be a therapist and I was not good at literally anything else. And it's like, well, I guess this is it. And then <laughs> jokes on me because I didn't become a therapist. But I still don't regret it because I don't think y'all would trust a damn word I was saying unless I could point back and be like, remember, I, I got that education. Remember, I know I sound crazy, but someone stamped my diploma and said she was okay. Yeah. You know, it helps. Uh, but yeah, you don't you don't have that figured out yet, which is fine. And my advice to pretty much 99% of people who ask me this question is don't do it. Just don't. It's yeah. so, you know, it's usually a waste of money for people. So uh, go be a line chef, go be a bartender, go okay. find a job at a resort that you've always wanted to visit go, I don't know, start your own online thing and see where it takes you. Like all these things are cheaper and will probably lead to better opportunities than holding up in a classroom for, you know, two or three years. Uh, okay. Yes. Hopefully we sufficiently talked you out of that one. Let's go to the next one. I'm my worst enemy right now. I have a long list of all the things I want to do and need to do, but they never get done. I don't have any motivation and always tell myself I can start tomorrow. I just distract myself with social media and streaming services. And I feel like I don't have any purpose anymore. Well, you sound like you have ADHD. I mean, I, I don't, sorry. I didn't mean for that to sound too funny, but like you sound like Andrew. So when no, I was,
1: I was laughing because it it's like, that's Carl, Carl. Is that that's Carl
0: too? Yeah. yeah. And both of them have an ADHD, right? Yep. Yeah. So, okay. Now I feel like freaking Sinead on the bachelorette. It's like she has ADHD. It's like she's mean to me. Have you seen that episode yet?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not watching. This okay. Well, I,
0: great. Now I feel stupid because you mentioned the bachelorette earlier. So I know. I know. And now it wasn't. Okay, fine. So sh- you sound like you have ADHD which, uh, is good because that means that this is probably just a brain misfiring situation that the majority of us have. It's easy to take medication, uh, in order to get you to focus, don't abuse it because Adderall is intense. Uh, but I mean, when Andrew's not on Adderall, like getting him to do anything is yeah. Right. I mean, he will (laughs) only do fun things. It is fun things Or nothing. It is sleeping or pickleball. Yes. (laughs) Or TV or lots of TikTok. Uh (laughs) so if he needs to actually do anything, he's he's got to be medicated. And uh that doesn't mean he's lazy. It doesn't mean he's unmotivated. It doesn't mean anything other than his brain just is wired a little differently and he needs a little help to focus. So I'm not a doctor. And as we just went over, I only have my master's in counseling, so I am in no position to diagnose you, but I'm just telling you from these short sentences, I would at least get a doctor's appointment to go talk to someone about this and see what they say. Uh, at least we want to answer this, assuming that they don't have ADHD and give them. Yeah, treatment.
1: I think we should, because I I think I have, I've, I've worked with plenty of clients who I feel like have, this has been their experience and, and they don't have ADHD. And I think that whenever you're in that place in life where you just feel stuck and you're just, like, not sure and you've kind of, like, lost touch with yourself and, you know, life is hard and you're just, like, feeling blah, like, that's okay. And I, I feel like my initial advice with this is to, like, give yourself grace. Like, and, and there's a fine line, too, because I feel like if this is all the time, then maybe my answer for this would be different. But if you just find yourself in some, you know, weeks, you feel unmotivated, and you just can't, you know, find it within you to do what you want to do. And you just kind of feel blah, and you're in a funk, like, that's normal. Like this idea that we're all going to be like these creative, inspired, motivating, achieving people all the time is so unrealistic. Like some weeks I'm so inspired to like find food bloggers and find new recipes and text Callie every night asking her what she's having for dinner and, you know, cook up and go to the grocery store and get new things and, you know, cook every meal from home. And other weeks I'm like, no, it's gonna be takeout every single night and chick-fil-a and whatever because I just don't have it in me to like do that and I think that that's totally fine someone I, I posted about that on my Instagram and someone that I went to grad school with actually uh sent me a book recommendation called like do less by uh have you heard that it's Kate I forget what the author's name is but I can figure it out and then no
0: I only read book, books about murder
1: uh, <laughs> it's it's uh yeah do less by Kate Northrop and she talks about like um just that every week you have fluctuations in like your hormones and your motivation and things like that so you got to like plan to be flexible and not like life is not a constant life is not linear you have to like it's a, a Freaking roller coaster! So you got to go with the ups and the downs.
0: Totally, Elizabeth Gilbert always talks about her friend who has like three hours, or it was it three hours or three days, maybe it's three days, a month where she can write, and then the rest of the day she like can't do it. So she like very much capitalizes on those three days, and like and when they come, she's like awesome, they're here, and goes to town, and then they're gone, and she doesn't force it, and she's brilliant. And Elizabeth Gilbert is talking about her. So clearly she's done something right. So there's, I mean, you literally said what I was about to say, which is like, do you have to do everything? Like I have a long list of things I want and need to do. That's always a red flag for me. Cause I'm like, okay, if you're not doing them then how important are they? Yeah. Like I I understand that some things do need to be done and there are consequences if you don't get them done. But like, again, do you really have to fold your underwear? Cause I'm pretty sure if you just bunch it up and put it in the drawer, it's gonna be fine no one really sees it. Right. Who cares if it's wrinkled? Like there are just things that we tell ourselves that we have to do. And it turns out ah, we don't, and the world doesn't fall around us uh, when we don't do them. So maybe you've got too many things on your list and you're overwhelmed and you're trying to force yourself to be a person that you're not. And so if you could like get the clutter out and have a less overwhelming list. And then when I have things that I genuinely have to do, like, had to get the 1099s out for coaches before January 31st. Otherwise I, that's bad. And yes, I'm doing them. I don't outsource them because I've done them every single year. I have a system. I don't want other people to do them. I do them myself. I know it sounds crazy, uh, but I just do. And so I had to get them done. So I put it on my calendar so that I didn't, I, when I looked at my calendar, I'm like, Oh yeah, I have to do this. And then I set a timer so that I would do it. And then I wouldn't just sit there and drag it out all day. It's like, okay, I'm going to do it for two hours. And I'm not going to lie. I don't, I usually don't need a timer. Cause I'm one of those people, which once I start doing something, I finish it like with anything, even a TV show, it's very annoying. Even if I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, well, I have to finish it because I started it. So it's uh, not the best quality that I have, but for people like my husband, he has timers going off all day. And I'm like, why, why do you have timers going off? And he's like, oh, sorry, that's telling me that I can take a break now. Or Mm. it's telling him that he needs to get started on something else. Or it's telling him that he has a meeting coming up and so he has to wrap it up in five minutes. He has timers going off nonstop. And again, he has ADHD. And so it's keeping Mm. him on track and letting him know when he's overextended himself, when he's underextending himself, like this is a great way to check in with yourself. Again, I don't need that. If it's on my calendar, typically I won't ignore it. Um, but
1: again, my to-do list is like pretty sparse. Yeah. I was going to, I immediately thought of when we had Brittany on and she was talking about perfectionism. And I think I encourage this like little blurb writer to go through their list. And and ask themselves, what are they saying that they should be doing versus what you actually want to and need to be doing? Because she, what did she say? She was like, anything that you say that you should do, reframe it to like, if I wanted to, I could do, and then you'll figure out where the resistance is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brittany's pretty special like that. She's the best. I know she really is. So I'm just a fan of simplicity when it comes to productivity. So yeah, just like Reflect and see if you actually have to do all these things, because that also might be part of it. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't want or need to do these things, so you don't do them. So in actuality, you're the logical one. (laughs) Your list is stupid. You're (laughs) actually doing the things you want to do and you don't have anything to do. So good on you. You get to watch TikTok now. It's like, is that a crime? No. So yeah, I think we covered a we covered a good amount. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Last but not least. My partner is struggling with depression and a huge identity crisis, and it's significantly impacting our relationship. Everything seems to be about him lately. Am I selfish for feeling like I deserve better? Conversations haven't gotten us anywhere. They just lead to arguments. So I've just been distancing myself, which equally sucks. What should I do?
1: Mm.
0: I mean, are they in therapy? Like step number one is making sure that you're not playing therapist and like, you're outsourcing this because you're not equipped to deal with this and frankly if this were Andrew I wouldn't be equipped to deal with this either as we already went over I'm a fake therapist so there's that but even if I were a full-blown therapist you're not equipped to deal with that under your own roof that's like therapy one one. Mm-hmm. is you can't play therapist with people in your personal life uh so I mean yeah like he needs to be in therapy full stop and then and then that that's the only thing on this list and then you kind of go from there and see if it works if it helps
1: yeah you know. i also think like the question am i selfish for feeling like i deserve better i think that that's like shaming yourself for having boundaries or just like recognizing that this is also hard for you because you guys are in a partnership you know what i'm saying like i hate 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 when people like attach not nice like shameful words on themselves and like question themselves just for like being you know
0: yeah no of course i mean i think probably what this person is struggling with is like okay you know we're in this partnership we're in this relationship for better for worse in sickness and in health and it's like I, there's a difference though between being in a relationship with someone who is struggling and actively trying to not struggle actively trying to find help it's like if you're married to someone who has cancer that's really hard cancer is horrible and i can't even imagine what goes into it and you know doctor's appointments treatments all that if you're married to someone though who has cancer and it's just like not gonna do anything about it right and and it's different if it's terminal and they've just refused treatment but do you see how that's different yeah it's like one per, you know, in one scenario, they're like, okay, I have this, I'm going to do everything I can to fight it. And that's the typical situation here, which is why it's like, it's just, you know, immediately it's like someone has cancer, they're sick, they're doing everything they can. And so they just need support. Like that is the understanding when you hear something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that should be the understanding when it comes to depression and identity crisis. The difference is, is that not everyone seeks help when it comes to depression, which sucks. Because it's super treatable and it's something that, you know, most people can find access and help to get. I know it's not always easy, um, but just a little bit of effort. And I get it because when you're depressed, the last thing you want to do is make an effort. Um, And so that's where you can come in and help with that, right? And help carry the burden. But if what you're finding is complete resistance and wanting to stay in this space and not wanting to change and not wanting to grow, and wanting to stay in, in, in this same depressed place forever. Um, you know, I think we've talked about this, that depression is cyclical, so it'll probably come in waves no matter what you do. But I think the issue isn't necessarily the depression it's being with someone who's not going to try and take care of themselves.
1: Mm. Yeah. I hope
0: that's not, doesn't come across as harsh, but no, to no, me no. that's I, the difference.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that makes total sense. And I also feel like Like this idea that all things are fixed or constant is also wrong. And I think we talked about that with the last little blurb, but like sometimes relationships go through trying times, like, and that's just okay. That doesn't necessarily mean anything about your marriage or relationship or is a signal that you have to make a change or something like that. You know, like sometimes Carl and I are best friends and we're flowing and everything's, you know we're kicking ass and laughing all the time and being goofy. Yeah. And then other times we're like, okay, like yeah. other times his alarm. Still, yeah.
0: yeah. Other times his alarm goes off three times at 5am in the morning and he doesn't know how to turn it off. Oh, <laughs> wait, no, that was me this morning. I'm no. sorry. That was me. Oh yeah. <sighs> oh, we got off to a great start this morning.
1: Is, <laughs> was is, like, it, turn your alarm off. Is Andrew a morning person? Yes,
0: but he's also a hard sleeper, which is just like bullshit. So he can mm-hmm. sleep through anything, a tornado, an earthquake, a hurricane, fire alarm, whatever. So his alarm went off like three times this morning at like I had to have been like, I don't know, five or six a.m. I'm not a morning person and I'm a light sleeper. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And so it like went off and went off and went off. And I was like, and then he got he was awake. So he got on his phone. So it had a big white light. And then finally I was just like, Turn your phone off and go back to sleep. And he was like, I'm up for the day. And I was like, get the, get the fuck out. <laughs> he came back later and was like, because he was like, You're such a joy in the mornings. I just love waking up with you. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I don't have energy to get in an argument with you. Goodbye. And he came, he came back like, you know, when I finally woke up and was like, I'm sorry about my alarm. Like, that's I'm, so that funny. was annoying, wasn't it? And I was like, you are so lucky that I was too tired to go get a knife and just go to town. Like I was going to
1: kill you. It's so funny. Carl and I literally have a rule where we genuinely don't speak to each other until like 9.00 AM. Like, because anything that comes out of our mouth in the morning is just like, not we, it's neither of us are like super peppy morning people, but I will say to this person too, like, like, talk to a friend. Like it, I can't even tell you, like when, when Carl and I are like going through some shit or we're in a fight or like, it's really hard. And I'm like, Oh God, like I just text Callie and like, she normalizes everything. And then I'm like, Oh my God, this doesn't mean I need to get a divorce. And like, our relationship is horrible. Like this is completely normal. So like find someone that you feel like you can get vulnerable with and who can normalize shit about marriage and relationships and people being different. Cause like, I mean, that honestly makes all the difference. Yeah.
0: But you have like a string of bad days. You don't have like two months where it's like every day sucks. So this is, I don't know. And again, this is rapid fire. I love how like the questions are short, but our answers are still as long winded as we want them to be. But like, you know, the one issue with rapid fires, we don't get a ton of details. So I don't know how long this has been going on for. I don't know if this is a pattern or if she's just really feeling it right now, had a bad day and was like, I'm going to vent and light this motherfucker up on (laughs) blush (laughs) you. And that's fine, girly. If you want to just, you know, volunteer him as tribute for us to thrash him, that's fine. We, we can do that for you, but You know, I just, I I don't, I don't know. So if it's something where you had a bad day, a bad week, you know, write it off as he was struggling, just, you know, maybe give him a pass. As I said, like Andrew's had to give me a few passes this year and guess what? He's going to have to give me a few more because this has just been bullshit. It's been bullshit. And so I'm not going to be at my best and I expect people to cut me some slack. Even the asshole who thinks I'm trying to save for a bus ride to Mexico with pickleball money. Fuck you. And so, you know, I just, I deserve a pass and I'm willing to take one. I have no shame, but if that's not what this is, and this is like your life now, and this is your relationship now, and you see no end in sight, I think I would do a last ditch effort to get his ass into therapy and try and get him in a place where he can heal and you don't have to stick around. Like would you, you've, would you you've done all you can.
1: Would you say to, for just him to do individual therapy, or them to also do uh, couples counseling? Because I feel like, like I feel like he should get the work done first, and then yeah. when he's at a better place, they can.
0: Well, I'm saying she might not want to stick around, and she, that's yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. If she doesn't want to stick around,
0: I think I think what how I would view this is I would say. I owe it to you to at least try to help you find a place of healing. And I'm going to try. I'm going to try and and give it my all to set you up for success. Because mm-hmm. even if this didn't work out and I maybe I don't love you anymore. I did at one point. And I don't want I don't wish you any ill will. And mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel like th- your world is crashing around you. So I'm going to try and set you up for success by getting you to the place you need to be. But yeah. then I have no obligation to stick around. Now, if you don't feel that way, then work your hardest to give him his, enough resources to again get to a safe place and then enter couples counseling and see if you can make that work. Um, and then if this is a bad day, I like I feel you. I mean, I just I feel you sometimes it can't all be about Andrew Solomon and it it's probably be <laughs> about me. And I will tell I will tell him that, you know, he's gonna have to work on himself if he. <laughs> If he wants me to be patient, (laughs) because I have a few long, long. my, my fingers are literally touching.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. We good. Yeah, I feel good.
0: We didn't even talk about the dance. Like, you know, like, well, you like distance yourself and then they get closer. And then you like come back and then they oh, distance themselves. Yeah. It's called the dance. It's, real, it's easy. Just know that anytime you distance yourself from someone, they'll come like it's a boomerang and they'll be attracted to you big time and like be all up in your face. And then you'll come in and be like, okay, I'm done distancing myself. And then they'll run away. It's a really unhealthy, complicated dance to get yourself out of it. I can't help you there. Go to a couple's therapist. That's what they're for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, all I can tell you is it's a pretty tough cycle to break.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So good luck. Bye. (laughs) I'm just kidding. kidding. Um, so what should I do? Get him in therapy and decide how much you want this relationship to work and, uh, stop feeling guilty because this has been hard for you. Yep. Yep. And uh, we wish you luck for real, for real, for real. Okay, uh, we're done. So again, if you have short rapid fire questions to ask us, please do. Uh, you can write into you at joinblush.com. Uh, if you want a full-blown episode all about you, I get it, girl, you special. So you can have that and give us some details. If you have a shorter one and you're like, oh, I just give it to me straight, give it to me quick. You know, we'll try our best, but we talk a lot. So you can send those to us as well. If you have decided after listening to us that you would want to work with a life coach. Awesome. We were, we were pretty salty today, so that's good news. (laughs) And uh, you can use promo code, bless you all caps uh, for 25% off your first month. We added two new coaches, as we mentioned last week, Mm -hmm. Tina and Fia, they are badass and everyone is loving them as we knew they would. So hopefully maybe you can work with one of them. Uh, happy fortieth to you, Elise. Happy fortieth, Callie. Thank you. I appreciate
1: <laughs> it. I appreciate I'm gonna it. go. I'm gonna go binge watch the second season of Cheer and cry about Jerry.
0: Oh yeah, catch up with me so we can like. Like, there are some strong, strong storylines. God, oh, that documentary is yeah. so good.
1: I can't wait. I'll I'll catch up.
0: Okay, and please watch The Bachelor, so I don't feel like crazy. Okay, okay, I will. Thank you. Okay, we'll see y'all next time. Bye! Hi!